0: The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer.
1: Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation with another trailblazing innovator who's joining our show to talk about bundled payments. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Jim Guerra, SVP of Business Development for Signature Medical Group. Jim, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Joe. It's an honor and a privilege to be on the show, and I look forward to talking with you about all the new and exciting changes that are happening in healthcare, especially around bundled payments.
1: Perfect. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time. We know everybody's busy and it really does make a difference to our audience when people will take the time to help educate on new topics and bundled payments is something we've really been interested in. But before we begin our discussion today, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background?
0: Well, I've been at Signature for about almost six years now. And prior to that, worked in healthcare for almost 15. And how I got there is an interesting route. i Started off as a musician for years, so I was a jazz musician for yeah, for a long period of time and made my living through my 20s and my 30s that way. Poverty does not appeal to me, <laughs> so I decided to go back to school and get a master's degree and a couple masters. Just sort of landed into healthcare and have worked with physician groups and multi-specialty and IVF in a variety of areas and then moved over to the managed care environment to health plans and worked with trail and elderly populations, did a lot of long-term care work. Then with the changes at the government level with the Affordable Care Act, I uh, had known the CEO at Signature, Jan Vest. I'd known him for a long time, and he'd been a mentor, and we were talking and about there was Signature had a lot of interest in trying to figure out how to thrive and survive in the changing healthcare environment. And he asked me if I'd come to Signature and see if I could help get the ACA under Corral it, I guess you would say, and, and figure out where our opportunities were been bringing on a, a lot of things, similar to the ACA, but really programs and new strategies and innovations in healthcare that are happening really all over the place throughout the healthcare environment.
1: Great. Jim, could you also give us a 10,000-foot overview of the Signature Medical Group?
0: Yeah, sure. It'd be great to. So, the Signature, we're a medical practice. Signature is 150 physicians right now, 165 in a few months. We're in St. Louis and Kansas City, multi-specialty group, which means that we have orthopedist and primary care and OBGYN and general surgery and GI, but we have a variety of doctors split about evenly between St. Louis and Kansas City. We're the largest private physician group in the state of Missouri, doing about, I think we do about $150, 160000000 million in revenue each year. What we are is we're the medical practice, but we have what we call our little managed care organization inside of the medical practice, which is essentially my shop. That's the piece I oversee. And what we had done as an organization is we had looked at with the changes in healthcare, what were some opportunities that came out of the ACA for us to potentially execute on. If you look at the ACA, there was a new entity formed in CMS called the Innovation Center, which released some different grants, and we went after those grants and other funding opportunity announcements that were in bundle payments. Another program we have, Strong Start for Mothers and Newborns, that we were able to get the award and started developing programs around maternity care home models and bundle payments. So we have the medical group, but we also have this other little area in our organization that's kind of not necessarily a medical group but more of like a managed care entity that's led by physicians.
1: Great. How about I start by asking you, Jim, to tell our audience what bundle payments are?
0: So it's really a great question because I think what are bundle payments? I think when most people think about bundling something, the first thought is Charter or one of the cable companies. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you bundle a bunch of stuff together because there's a few things that nobody else will buy unless they're in a bundle. So the way to look at bundle payments, I think, from a payment standpoint is different than how you would look at it from a patient care standpoint. So we refer to it financially as a bundled payment, but when we look at the care for the patient, we refer to it as an episode of care. And I'll distinguish both those by saying that what bundled payments, what that is, is it's Medicare or Blue Cross or any of the payers. They essentially pay every one of the providers, whether it's a hospital, a physician, a nurse, skilled nursing facility, a home health agency, a therapist, anyone who delivers some form of care or service to a patient, they bill and pay all of those different providers separately. So it's what everyone calls fee for service. I do something, it's a fee, I send the bill in, I get paid for it, it's a fee for service. In a bundle, what's happening is you're saying all of these different providers, I'm going to link them into one payment. So Instead of paying the hospital and the physician and a skilled nursing facility separately, I'm going to link them into one form of payment and pay one of the providers, and then that provider is responsible for reimbursing everyone else. And what happens with that is that it sets the price, right? So instead of seeing one provider decides that they want to bill 10 times the amount that another provider would bill – in a bundle payment that doesn't occur as frequently or is a way to control those costs because you bundled into one single payment at one single amount. And that's the payment system, and on top of that is the episode of care system, and that's how we look at the care of the patient. And I distinguish that because bundles do have somewhat of a negative connotation, and not many people want to be bundled, but they definitely want to be taken care of, especially during an episode. And when we look at an episode, an episode could be a patient is going to get a total knee replacement. Well, you've scheduled the surgery, the doctor does the surgery, there's another 30, 60, or 90 days following the surgery that therapy and additional care is needed for that patient. And so you bundle that into one episode, and that's your episode of care that you decide to provide a bundled payment for, but you provide a system of care for the patient over that episode. Other episodes that are frequently linked to bundle payments could be pregnancy, could be a patient who has pneumonia, a patient who has you know sepsis or an infection. So those are typically how you would look at bundled payments, one, the payment system, and then two, the episode of care that really provides the care for the patient.
1: Got it. And I appreciate you giving the orthopedic example. I think everybody can understand, especially those listening to our show, that a year and a half ago, I blew out my knee and I used that as the example for all our guests of how whatever we're talking about works. And I can clearly understand that if you were to bundle a payment for a torn meniscus, there would be physical therapy, there would be the orthopedic surgeon, there would be the follow-up visits, there would be any kind of devices you needed to, crutches, all those kind of things. So I think it's really easy to understand a bundle payment with that kind of use case.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think orthopedics is a great example. And I think any torn meniscus is a great example of all of the things that you need during your care. And you realize that when you had the surgery, right, is that there were all of these other people who were involved in taking care of you and getting you back to being healthy And the impetus of a bundle payment is we're going to pay one entity to be responsible for not only the financial, but the clinical outcomes. And so you get a quarterback who is essentially saying, well, we're going to make sure Joe made all of his therapy appointments. And, oh, hey, Joe doesn't have any form of transportation, so we're going to figure out how to get him transportation so he doesn't miss his appointments so that he can stay on track to get healthy and recover as quickly as possible. Because ultimately, if you take care of a patient and you get them back to their optimal health, they're going to be better, but it's also going to cost less money.
1: Jim, as I was preparing to talk to you, I was reading something about bundle payments for care improvement. What the heck is that? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> it's
0: either called BPCI or Bipsy. It depends on whether or not you really are a big Disney fan, I think. But it's Bundle Payments for Care Improvement was one of the initiatives that came out of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation Center, commonly referred to as CMMI, and it was a voluntary initiative. It started at really at the end of 2011 was when the funding opportunity was announced. Myself and my partner here at Signature, Jerry Rupp, We both started working on an application, submitted an application for our organization to be involved in that in 2011. What it is, is it's essentially an initiative by CMS to bundle episodes of care, whether they be orthopedic episodes, and those could be total joints, lower or upper, those could be spine fusions, those could be bilateral joint replacements. It also includes cardiology cases like cabbages. It includes pneumonia and other, some of the general surgery and so forth. So it's fairly comprehensive in the different types of episodes that potentially could be a part of this. Signature, There are a couple different ways to participate. In the program, you can participate as a awardee, so as in a single awardee, which some hospitals have done, or you can participate with either an awardee convener or a facility convener. And Signature applied for and became an awardee convener, which means that we essentially work and convene for other orthopedic practices across the country within this program. So those other practices are known as episode initiators. So as an awardee convener under BPCI, Signature has around just under 60 orthopedic groups that we work with, about 2,000 physicians in 26 states and 60 plus cities. We do about 45 to 50,000 total joint annually across that entire network orthopedic episode initiators. To the best of our knowledge, that's the largest collaborative orthopedic bundle payment in the country. So the initiative in BPCI was really proposed and implemented by the Innovation Center with the idea that if you have a bundle payment for major procedures, you can reduce the cost of those procedures and actually get better outcomes than what you previously have. So it's really the forerunners to the BPCI initiative were the ACE demonstration project, which was the acute care episode demonstration project that was performed in the, I think it was the 2000s when that was implemented and then prior to that, the Centers of Excellence, in both scenarios, they bundled typically cardiology cases and orthopedic cases. So right now, BPCI represents one of the largest alternative payment or value-based payment system initiatives that CMS currently has implemented.
1: Got it. What are some other bundle payment programs that are popular with your practice?
0: Well, our practice, we've done a bundle payment arrangement with one of our unions here in the state of Missouri. We work with them. It's it's more of a reference price bundle payment where we've established a price that we'll meet and that union has all their employees and their members and they direct them to our orthopedists for the care of those patients because they know that they're gonna get great outcomes and great care for a lower price. So that's one of the things we work with. We also work with other organizations outside of Signature that have implemented a commercial bundle, what we call a commercial bundle, where they've contracted with a large employer with a plan like a Blue Cross or so forth, and, and they're managing an episode of care, whether it was a total joint for a predetermined price or an MCL or ACL tear in surgery and a scope for a certain price. So we work with some other organizations there. I think the biggest bundle payment that everybody's hearing about now is CJR, the Comprehensive Care for Joint Replacement model, which was initiated last year as a announcement, and that model actually kicks off April 1st. It includes 67 cities across the country, And in each of those cities, it is mandatory that all total joints for Medicare patients will essentially be in a bundle payment model. And so if you're a hospital in, for example, St. Louis, Missouri is one of the CJR markets, every one of the hospitals within the St. Louis region will be in the CJR model. And so all of their total joints for Medicare patients will be in this mandated bundle payment. So that's probably the biggest one that's on everybody's mind because it affects about 800 hospitals, and it's a pretty massive program for the most part. Probably about 110 to 120,000 patients every year will be affected by the CJR model.
1: Got it. One of the topics we talk a lot about on our show is how to get physicians involved in whatever changes are coming, whether they be IT-related changes, regulatory-related changes, in the healthcare system, knowing how busy physicians are, but can you talk to us about the importance of getting physicians involved in care redesign as you put together bundle payment programs?
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to. I think it's really vital and it's critical to make a successful program. I think we see that there are a lot of things that can be done without physician involvement, but where we see the most successful implementations of bundled payment one of the most successful implementations of a population health model in any form of care redesign or establishment of care management systems is when the physicians are engaged and excited and involved and you see this real physician leadership. And so it can be challenging because obviously we have a lot of physicians, they do surgeries early in the morning, typically before the sun even rises. They go and have clinic for some 8 to 12 hours a day, and then they hope to be able to get home in time to see their kids before they go to bed, and then they do it all again the next day. And we're not even talking about the weekends that they spend on call and how challenging it is to suddenly find some extra time in your day or in your week to show up to a meeting at 6 or 7 o'clock at night to talk about How are we going to redesign care? What are we going to make changes to effectively manage a bundle payment or be more successful? We're a physician-based organization, so we have a lot of physician leadership. So I think what we've been lucky in the sense of understanding sort of the day-to-day challenges that physicians have and being able to communicate to them the value of integrating these new care redesign protocols and pathways to be effective. And physicians are really data-driven, so a lot of times if you get the right data and you present it in an appropriate way that is easily understandable and can be actionable, you can get the physicians involved and you can say, okay, hey, the readmission rate here is 10%. And when we look at the readmission rates, here's what's happening. The buckets kind of fall into GI hemorrhages, cellulitis, and 30% of your readmissions are because of low-grade fevers and urinary tract infections. And when you ask, is there a better way for us to provide care to the patient so that they don't necessarily have to go to the hospital, but we could put a plan in place that could treat them in place at their actual residence or where they're receiving their follow-up care, what can we do? And typically, what we see time and time again is the physicians are like, yeah, here's what we need to do. We can set up these pathways and protocols, and we can attack that issue, and we can be successful in providing better care to the patient. What we see over and over again is physicians really care about their patients, and they really want to put in place a system that provides better care to their patients, and they really want to do that. But being inundated with everything, meaningful use, ICD-10s, and just basically inundated with all the changes, it's hard to navigate and cut through all of the minutia and red tape and everything to get to the things that really require their time and focus, We've seen time and time again that showing them the data, giving them the tools, showing them the benchmarks of, hey, we've got a group in Nashville that is doing these parts of care redesign that is effectively making a change, and here's the things that we see that create better success. What about implementing that? What about putting some patient optimization in? What about some prehabilitation? When they start getting that information, they get the data to support it. They have the clinical knowledge and the intellectual capital, really, to drive those changes, and they get excited about it. It certainly takes a little bit of time, but once we see them get engaged, we've got physician champions all over the country we're working with who are excited about care redesign, they love getting their hands in there, and they love seeing the change that they can have for the better in their community and in healthcare overall.
1: Perfect. What are the necessary components of successful care redesign?
0: Well, it's really a good question. I think that the necessary components I would say are key are physician involvement, and you have to have engagement from some physicians because a doctor is driving about eighty percent of the care of the patient through their pen and their orders. They're also the one doing the surgery or delivering the care. So you have to get engagement from the physicians, and you got to create the reason why, whether that reason why is improved clinical outcomes, and that's the incentive, or if there's the financial incentive in there through a gain-share arrangement. Ideally, both of those situations, clinical and financial incentives, are together. They're both aligned, and they both meet quality standards. So we see that, one, having the physician involved is really key. The second thing that we've seen consistently, the tens of thousands of episodes we're overseeing is you need a clinical leadership that is focused on care redesign. It can't be part of somebody else's job or something that they do between 3 and 5 on a Thursday. It has to be something that truly drives and motivates that individual on a regular basis. What we see fairly frequently in our bundle payment initiative is a nurse practitioner or physical therapist who becomes really the lead bundle payment person. They're the lead clinical person. They coordinate with the doctors. They coordinate with the staff, whether it's the mid-levels, whether it's the nurses, whether it's the hospital and the other facilities. They're the key coordinator across the entire continuum of care. That would be number two. Number three you got to put a game plan together. If you don't have at least an outline of care pathways and expectations and ways to measure what you expect to happen with the patient and what type of care plan is sort of the standard that you are using, it's going to be difficult without a game plan. And, and we see that when we look at data, physicians and hospitals and physician groups with defined care pathways and defined protocols typically perform about anywhere between 15 to 25% better than those without. And so having a game plan is really key. I would say fourth is you have to be able to put the resources in place to be successful. So you're going to need additional care managers. You're going to need additional staff that focuses on managing the entire continuum of the care redesign process so that you effectively manage that episode of care. but It's very difficult to be successful with the same thinking that you've had previously. What we see time and time again is the organizations that do best in bundle payments are the ones that realize that there is a changing healthcare environment and that this move from volume to value means that not only is the payment system change, but the way we deliver care changes, and we need to add additional or different resources to how we manage the care for the patient. The, the last thing I would say that I think is key in care redesign is knowing who you're working with. So you need a provider network that is high-quality, high-performing, and collaborative and wants to be involved in the process of care redesign. So if if you're working with a home health agency or a physical therapy group, you want to know that they're going to provide the best quality at the lowest cost, and provide great outcomes, and they want to get better all the time. And so developing your preferred provider network is really key because all those lead into the success of a bundle payment and the success of care redesign.
1: Well, Jim, I'm going to have to apologize. I forgot to tell you you needed to bring your crystal ball. Perfect. Go ahead and look into that for a second. Tell us what the next year or so is going to look like for bundle payments.
0: Well, really, that's a question for my colleague, Jerry Rupp, who's really, he carries a crystal ball around. He is the master of the crystal balls. He did Nostradamus of bundle payments, but I'll take my stab at it. Yeah, I I think what you're going to see is in CJR, what we're seeing right now is there's not a strong awareness of the impact of CJR. I think there's been a downplay by CMS and by, in general, about the impact of CJR. We've been in BPCI for over two years. We know that it's a very challenging transition, and it can be a pretty big cultural shift to go from a volume-based system to a value-based system. I think there's going to be a lot of hospitals that get into this and are not fully prepared and don't realize until sometime next year that they really are not prepared to initiate bundled payments. In CJR, your first year is free, essentially. So if you lose money, you don't own anything back. But I think there's going to be a lot of hospitals that realize if that had not been the case, they probably would have lost quite a bit of money. And I think there's going to be a pretty significant financial impact. I think what we also see is that, just speaking on CJR, I think it's likely that CJRs, it would not surprise us if we saw an expansion of that model, if we saw additional markets get added or even additional episodes. Right now, Medicare has a goal to be At 50% of alternative payments by the end of 2018, which means that they have to move quite a few organizations into ACOs and patient-centered medical homes and bundled payments if they're going to achieve that because they're only at 20% right now. So we see a widespread adoption of bundled payments over the next year, potentially an increase or expansion of CJR. I think right now in the landscape for commercial bundle payments, the Blue Cross, the UHCs, the Aetnas of the world, I think you're seeing it become much more standard, right? It's much more widespread adoption of bundle payments. We know groups in California, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Minnesota and so forth that have contracted for a commercial bundle payment. And so I think you're going to see a lot more commercial bundle payments coming out there. I think eventually, even three, five years from now, it wouldn't surprise me to see that most orthopedic episodes are in a bundle payment. And 80% of all the surgeries an orthopedist would perform, total joints, scopes, spine fusions, those would be in some form of bundle payment, whether it's Medicare, Medicaid, or private payers.
1: Perfect. I appreciate you giving us that insight. Jim, we're running up against the clock. Before I let you go, where can we go to learn more about Signature Medical Group?
0: You can go to our website at signaturemedicalgroup.com, or if you want to know more about bundles, smgbundles.com. So it's smgbundles.com. If anyone's interested, I also have a Twitter account at Jim Gera, J-I-M-G-E-R-A. Happy to communicate through that account. I generally have a couple comments a day and usually posting an article a month or so about bundle payments or new models of care and so forth. But our contact information is on SMG bundles also. So if if anyone wanted to contact myself or any of my other colleagues for questions and such, happy to field any and provide answers when available.
1: Jim, it was a great pleasure to have you. Thanks for stopping by and sharing your wisdom with us today.
0: Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate it. It was great talking with you and look forward to hearing the interview.
1: Absolutely. That wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Jim Guerra, I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.